नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Srimad Bhagavad Gita as it is translation and commentary by his divine grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada founder acharya of iskon chapter 9 text 14 satatam kirtayanto mam yatantas chadura prataha namaschantas chamam bhaktya nitya yukta upasate translation always chanting my glories lord krishna says endeavoring with great determination bowing down before me these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion purport the mahatma cannot be manufactured by rubber stamping an ordinary man his symptoms are described here A Mahatma is always engaged in chanting the glories of the Supreme Lord Krishna the personality of Godhead he has no other business he is always engaged in the glorification of the Lord in other words he is not an impersonalist when the question of glorification is there one has to glorify the Supreme Lord praising his holy name his eternal form his transcendental qualities and his uncommon pastimes one has to glorify all these things therefore a mahatma is attached to the supreme personality of godhead one who is attached to the impersonal feature of the supreme lord the brahma jyoti is not described as mahatma in the bhagavad gita he is described in a different way in the next verse The Mahatma is always engaged in different activities of devotional service as described in the Srimad Bhagavatam hearing and chanting about Vishnu not a demigod or human being that is devotion shravanam kirtanam vishnu and smaranam remembering him such a mahatma has firm determination to achieve at the ultimate end the association of the supreme lord in any one of the five transcendental rasas to achieve that success he engages all activities mental bodily and vocal everything in the service of the supreme lord shri krishna that is called full krishna consciousness in devotional service there are certain activities which are called determined such as fasting on certain days like the 11th day of the moon ekadashi and on the appearance day of the lord all of these rules and regulations are offered by the great acharyas for those who are actually interested in getting admission into the association of the supreme personality of godhead in the transcendental world the mahatmas great souls strictly observe all these rules and regulations and therefore they are sure to achieve the desired result as described in the second verse of this chapter not only is this devotional service easy but it can be performed in a happy mood one does not need to undergo any severe penance and austerity he can live this life in devotional service spiritual master and in any position either as a householder or a sanyasi or a brahmachari in any position and anywhere in the world he can perform this devotional service to the supreme personality of godhead and thus become actually mahatma a great soul i chose to speak on this verse 
because in this verse more than any other verse of Bhagavad Gita Lord Krishna is stressing on chanting the holy names of the Lord and in the purport Prabhupada speaks about how devotional service is performed in a happy mood I wanted to speak on Srila Prabhupada's well-known instruction chant Hare Krishna and be happy chant Hare Krishna and be happy good instruction when you hear that you feel you want to chant Hare Krishna and be happy it's inspiring when we hear this then especially if you, you hear from Prabhupada then we can understand there's nothing in this world to do but chant Hare Krishna and be happy many devotees wanted to come to Prabhupada telling him about all their problems and everyone has many problems many people come to me and say I have so many problems I tell them I know how do you know everyone has so many problems the fact that we think we have many problems proves that we have a great problem because actually we only have one problem and that is that we're not thinking of Krishna we're not chanting Hare Krishna being happy because we're identifying with these with this material situation we have so many problems so many times devotees came to Prabhupada and just by seeing Prabhupada they could understand actually I don't have any problem the, the problem is that I'm not like Prabhupada I'm not thinking of Krishna that's the real problem so Prabhupada would say chant Hare Krishna be happy and he himself was very happy in Krishna consciousness because Krishna consciousness means to be happy this preaching chant Hare Krishna and be happy it seems to be almost opposite to the mood in which his own spiritual master Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur preached Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur repeatedly stressed the point that we have to live for Krishna's happiness don't think of your own happiness just act in such a way that Krishna will be happy Krishna will be satisfied by our service and of course that is stressed throughout Shastra especially very clearly in the Bhakti Shastra the perfection of life is understood by how much Hari Bhagavan Hari is satisfied his satisfaction what's the next word that everything we do within the Bhana Ashram system we should understand the perfection 
is how much Hari is satisfied. So generally people perform their duties even within dharma, thinking, what do I get? What shall, how I shall be satisfied? But the perfection is to stop thinking how I will be satisfied and how Krishna will be satisfied. That is actual bhakti. So he was very much stressing, you don't try to satisfy yourself, try to satisfy Krishna. And actually if one tries to satisfy Krishna, then one was one self, we will be satisfied. We cannot be satisfied by trying to satisfy our own senses. It doesn't work. But if we try to please Krishna, then automatically we become happy also. And if we try for anything else except pleasing Krishna, then automatically we cannot be satisfied, whatever we do. Nothing can give pleasure to the jiva, but to, be, to act in his constitutional position of service to Krishna. So Bhaktisthansa Sartako was stressing this very much and establishing it very strongly on a philosophical basis. And Prabhupada said, chant Hare Krishna and be happy. There's no difference between Bhakti Siddhanta and Bhakti Vedanta. There's a difference in the preaching fields, the pre preaching ethos in which they manifested their pastimes, in which they operated. Srila Prabhupada was not preaching among highly philosophical people, although the hippies thought they were philosophical. But he was preaching among hedonistic people. Hedonism means the way of life dedicated to one's own sense enjoyment, without any restraint. Whatever is pleasing to me, I should do it. Now it's come to India. Previously people had the idea of duty. The older people will remember that they were taught very much about duty. You should do your duty, which is derived from the Vedic Dharma. Dharma means to do your duty. Of course that was reinterpreted in so many ways. But actually dharma means to do our duty and actually ultimately that means our duty to Krishna. But in modern life it's all put, promote yourself, push yourself ahead. Do everything for yourself. Make yourself a success. This idea is there more and more. Enjoy yourself. So these are all contaminated, hedonistic, animalistic, demoniac ideas, which we can say they're coming from the West, but actually it's the, it's not really a Western idea, it's the basic perverted propensity of the jiva in Maya. Everyone in Maya wants to enjoy their senses instead of thinking how to act for the pleasure of Krishna's senses, which is the position of the liberated, purified soul. But those who follow dharma, duty, 
they think that, well, by doing so, we shall be benefited, but in a more long-term policy. That if we act, if we're very good, then in future we will get a good birth, we'll go to Swarga. So it's, it's the difference between spending your salary on a party and putting it in the savings bank. That's all. Both are meant for personal enjoyment. But one who spends it all on a party, he drinks and he boozes and it's all gone. But ah, I enjoyed myself. Whereas the person who puts it in the bank thinks, well, in future I have to have security and a home and a house. It's, it's the same idea, but the person who puts the money in the bank is more, you can say, forward-looking, more wise, because the person who spends all the money gets drunk and everything. Then he thinks he enjoys himself, but he has nothing left afterwards, even for basic food and clothing. So to follow dharma from the materialistic point of view, it's more like putting your money in the in a savings account, saving money for, for the future. It's thinking, oh, I have to think, I shouldn't do any sinful activity, otherwise I'll get punished. I'll do some punya karma, then I can go to the heavenly planets. So it's the same propensity, but in the modern age they're promoting beg, borrow, somehow or other get money and enjoy. It's not, like I say, it's not a modern theory. Even in ancient India there was the atheist Charva. What is that? Vinam Kripa Kritam Jivet Yavat Jivet Sukam Jivet This is the atheistic philosophy Yavat Jivet Sukam Jivet As long as you live, live happily Bhasmi Bhutasya Dehasya King Puna Avatino Bhavat He said that Beg, borrow or steal Take ghee Enjoy life, be happy Forget sunflower oil, take ghee You don't have enough money, steal it this is his philosophy. But then you'll be punished. You won't be punished. When you die, everything is finished. This was atheist Charvak philosophy. And he put it in Sanskrit also. Interestingly, he didn't say eat meat. He said take ghee. Even the atheists, they were more cultured. So... It's not a modern philosophy, but it's being promoted very much in the modern age. Enjoy. Be here now. Live now. Enjoy your senses. Grossly. So Prabhupada, of course he spoke philosophy all the time. But he stressed this point, chant Hare Krishna, be happy. When we hear that, we think, okay, good. I want to be happy, can get happy by chanting Hare Krishna, okay, good, I'll do it. Everything is judged by how happy I can be. Doesn't matter, everyone else should go to hell, but I should be happy. Everyone else, let others suffer, doesn't matter, I should be happy. There's one story, Shah of Iran in the 19th century, Shah of Persia at that time, he visited London. So they showed him 
so many sites. They took him around. There's one, the Tower of London, where they used to execute political prisoners. And they showed the guillotine, which is a machine invented by a Frenchman by the name of Monsieur Guillotine. So they call it the guillotine. It's some kind of device. You put your head there and they drop the blade, heavy iron blade, and very efficiently your head is cut off. So they showed that to him. He said, oh, that's very interesting. Can you show me? You can show me someone? He said, no, no, we can't show it. He said, well, why not? He said, well, you, can't, you just can't kill him. He said, well, you know, if you don't want to put one of your men, I'll take one of my party. I want to see. Show me how someone's killed by this. Looks interesting. He said, no, no, we can't. It's against the law. I'll give one of my men. No, no, even then we can't do it. He said, you don't know what a king is? I'm a king. I should, you should just let me do whatever I like. So everyone thinks I'm a king. I should do whatever I like. I want to enjoy by seeing someone killed. Okay, it doesn't matter. We can enjoy for fun. You think you may think, well, that's an extreme example, <coughs> but that's going on all the time. People are eating meat, chickens all the time. You go and I don't know about in the city so much. You go outside the city every morning. You'll see someone going on the bicycle from the village to the town and on their bicycle they'll have tied up 50 chickens and they're all going because they know now we're going to be killed and they don't care the, the chickens are tortured but people don't care because tasty they don't care they're killing they don't think there's so much suffering chickens cows fish so many killing and eating and I, I'll become strong. And that's their only thinking, how I should be healthy and strong. They don't think how much suffering we're causing to others. And it's such a demoniac age we're living in that most of the, all the movies and TV programs, they show murder, violence, and this is entertainment. We shall watch someone being killed. Of course, it's only a movie. And they have tomato ketchup instead of real blood or something like that. But it's the idea that I, I, it's very horrible that you, you shall watch someone being tortured and killed and this is entertainment. In America, this was about 20, maybe 30 years ago, I don't they They made films in which they showed actual torture and murder. They take someone, some prostitute or something and say, we'll put you in one movie and we'll give you $200 and they'll take her underground and torture her to death and they'll film it. And then they sell the film. People and then they tell, this is a real murder. People say, oh, very good, let's go. And make a lot of money. They got away with it for some time. They said, this is art. You see, so you, it's free, freedom of expression. So you should, but after some time they stopped. That was, because they thought this isn't very good. But uh, the idea, we should enjoy by seeing others, by others suffering. So we can imagine what low consciousness 
very low consciousness. So Prabhupada is saying, chant Hare Krishna and be happy. And mostly everyone is thinking, how I can be happy. Never mind everyone else. It's so much pervasive in modern life. We find so many times. A man has his wife, children, everything. But he just dumps them all and runs off with some young woman because he doesn't care. What does it matter? Wife, children. I should enjoy. I'm fed up of my family. I'll just get some young, pretty girl and run off with her. Very kind. You don't, don't care. Just don't care. The others will be so much hurt. My family. They don't care. I should be happy. This is the demoniac mentality. Prabhupada was preaching in the western countries where this hedonistic outlook was especially prominent. Happiness is a cigarette. It's not happiness, but it gives some pleasure to people of perverted sensual taste. They feel some pleasure. They think that someone who's addicted to smoking cigarettes, they may be restricted for some time. They go in the airplane, they have a flight for three, four hours, and then they come out of the airport. In the airport, they're still not allowed to smoke. They get out and say, They feel some pleasure. What is that pleasure? Some horrible flavor. But because they're addicted, they think this is pleasure. So they equate the interaction of the senses with the sense objects with pleasure. So, kirtan, actual kirtan means to chant the names of Krishna for Krishna's pleasure. But kirtan can appeal to people even on the lowest platform because they perceive it as something that I can in, I can join in and I can enjoy. Other process, if, if we ask people to sit down and you listen to some philosophical lecture, of course, some people are coming, you are coming. But generally nowadays, the so-called religious lectures, that's the religious culture of India. People like to come and listen to religious lectures. I've been told, I haven't seen myself, they have these TV channels, Asta, Sanskar, there may be some others now also, religious channels. That mostly the swamis who are speaking there, they talk about how to improve your health by water treatment, or they tell a lot of jokes. And especially people like those who tell lots of, they tell lots of stories and jokes and... It's entertainment, religious entertainment. But it's... So... Actually, how many people are serious to understand? Who are asking like Arjuna? King Tad Brahma Kimadhyatma. 
what is the nature of the absolute truth what is spiritual reality people are not very much interested to listen if someone can tell lots of jokes and play around with words in an entertaining manner and quote a few things from Upanishads and interpret it in some unusual manner and people think, oh, that's good, that's a wonderful lecture, that's great. But if someone comes and tells that now you have to reform your life, you have to understand we're not meant for personal enjoyment, we're meant for Krishna's enjoyment. If we actually want to serve God who is the supreme pure, then we, we have to lead a pure life. There's no question of religious life as long as we're eating meat and taking intoxication. There's no question actually of understanding God as long as we're endeavoring for material happiness in any way. We can preach to people, you chant Hare Krishna, yes you do your job and you make lots of money and you enjoy life and chant Hare Krishna. We can, we can preach like that. And many people say, oh yes, that's right, I like that, that's good. But if we actually tell that everything in this material world is temporary and it's all useless, and even if you become the, the president of America or president of India or whatever, or even if India becomes a superpower, it's all useless, all meaningless. Everything in this material world that is conceived of without relationship to Krishna is useless. And we don't care whether you are an MSc or a PhD. You chant Hare Krishna and surrender to Krishna. We say like this, people say, oh, I don't like this. What are they talking like that for? Say, oh, uh, you're a PhD. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. That's all right. And give a blessing to my child and he can pass the exam. I don't know, what the hell? Pass the exam, get in more Maya. What is this? You say, yes, well then he can preach. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. It's all mixed up, material desires. But if we promote, yes, yes, you promote your material desires one side and you do bhakti the other side. Yes, yes, it's very good. Then people will like it. So, it's one way of catching people, we can say, that you appeal to their material desires. But what is the actual fact that we have to state? Maha, this verse before this, Mahatmanas to Mang Partha Daivim Prakriti Mahashrita Bhajantyananya Manasam Gyadva Bhutadim Abhyayam Krishna is describing those who are actually chanting Hare Krishna. They are actually happy because they are fully sheltered at the lotus feet of Radharani who is indirectly mentioned here. Mostly those who talk of Radharani, they take her as the object for sense gratification also, which is why we don't much speak of Radharani, even though she is topmost worshipable. But people want to think of her, how we shall enjoy rascals. So, Bhajantya Nanya Manaso, who can actually chant Hare Krishna, they worship Krishna, Ananya Manasa, no other thought, no other desire, only how Krishna will be satisfied. But if we preach like this, who is going to come? We've heard Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj, he was the guru of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. 
Anyone came to him, mostly he would reject. Either you do bhajan like me, and he is fully renounced, or you just don't go away. One Maharaj, Maharaj of Kashim Bajar, he came begging, you please come, please come, stay with me in my palace, purify my kingdom. Gorkishar Babaji, he said, no, no, I if I go to your palace, then I may desire to enjoy it. I may desire to become the proprietor, but I have another suggestion. Now you've come here, and you want, you say you want my association, so you don't go to your palace, you stay here and live with me, just like me. He could not accept. Who will accept? Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj, he wouldn't accept anyone. You come immediately to my level. Just fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness. But like that, how to purify people? So he wasn't a preacher. People were coming to him. He didn't want to be bothered. So he went to live in the latrine. Because he thought, if I live in the latrine, people will think this is an impure place, I won't come, it stinks. So he wanted to avoid all the people. He said, just don't bother me, I want to chant Hare Krishna. His one disciple, Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati, he preached, so many people came. He preached Krishna consciousness. But he was more lenient. Because if you say immediately everyone must fully surrender to Krishna, then who will come? And how will people be purified? So preaching means you have to make some concession. You have to, at some level, you have to accept, yes, you practice Krishna consciousness like this. There must be some standard. If we say everything is okay, you just chant Hare Krishna. Well, we also say that. You say, anyone can come, you come to the temple, chant Hare Krishna, as long as you don't cause a disturbance, you can come. And then at home, if you eat meat and this and that, well, that's up to you. But if you want to be serious, then you follow all these programs. But we don't insist, we don't say, no meat eaters allowed. Yeah, everyone can come, you come. But then if you want to be serious, then you have to follow the principles. So like that, everyone come, chant Hare Krishna, and then if you want to be serious, we'll tell you, these are the rules and regulations, follow the, do this, don't do that. Then you can gradually become advanced. So there is some concession. If we, if we say, put a sign at the door, no one should enter who has any material desires, then it's going to be very difficult if people are honest. Because we all have so many material desires. So we accept people at some level. That alright, come in, you gradually take up the process and gradually become purified. Srila Prabhupada was working among, uh, he was preaching among people far removed from the sober culture of India, you're also now far removed. Although you're Indians, your culture is more influenced by the cinema and TV than by the rishis and the shastra. 
that we can see just by the way you're dressed. Immediately, everything is clear. So, Prabhupada said, Chant Hare Krishna and be happy. And people can relate to that. Yeah, you come and dance, sing, and oh, very nice. Anyone can join in Kirtan. You don't have to be a Rishi. The Rishis might not want to join in. They may think, yeah, I'm more sober. Previously, people like to, in India, people like to do puja, part, dhyana, japa. This requires some sattva gun. To sit and do puja every day requires some measure of sattva gun, doesn't it? You have to sit down very peacefully. It takes time. Nowadays people are rushing off to the office. You have to sit peacefully. Not Puja you can't do rushed. Maybe that's not proper. Puja has to be done with dhyana. Meditating on the Lord. Of course there are also persons who worship Kali. And within that... That's Thomas. They're worshipping Kali and cutting the goats. So that's also one kind of puja. But even to do that, that requires some... Even though cutting the goat is there, actually even in Kali Upasana, cutting the goat is only once a month. Maximum. Not every day. So that's tamasic. But even that, there's some admixture of sattva gun. Because if it's totally tamasic, then you just go to the butcher shop. There's no puja. What do you need puja for? <laughs> so some, some steadiness of mind is required. To do tapasya, steadiness of mind, to follow vrata, There are different brothers, one month. People may follow taking only Habishyan, very plain food. Nowadays we're accustomed, you open, you get a bag of crisps, or you all the time eating something. But following these brothers, you eat once a day, no salt, no sugar. No spices, no ghee, no oil. So it requires steadiness of mind to do this. Now even the great demons like Hiranyakashipu, they also did some tapasya. Nowadays people, they're not even the same category of demons because they can't do this kind of tapasya. At least there was some, there was some steadiness of mind for wrong purpose. But there is some admixture of sattva gun. But nowadays there is no sattva gun. People only understand what is immediate sense enjoyment. So all the time you should drink some tea or coffee or take some pan or now they have chewing gum. And then like this, this packet of crisps and Coca-Cola and all the time eating something. All, all the time something for the tongue. 
and then all the, all the you should have cell phone and TV and in, in the cell phone you see the photo is sent someone takes a photo they send it all the time it should be do 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 mind should always do 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 working fast always something new ba so so kirtan is actually the highest spiritual activity but krishna kirtan is such it's especially meant for kali yoga in which everyone can immediately take part in them everyone will appreciate pious people will appreciate this is something very good chanting the names of the lord and even we find the drunkards wherever we if we go outside and chant hari krishna anywhere in the world guaranteed some drunkards will come they also like to join in because they think ah so they like to when you're drunk then you like to dance that's completely in tamagun but somehow they're able to relate so we don't recommend become drunk and chant hari krishna we recommend chant hari krishna and don't become drunk but even the process of hari kirtan is so merciful that even people who join in in a drunken state they get benefit of course real benefit comes when we take seriously to the practice of krishna consciousness but it appeals even to the lowest nature only to persons who are extremely envious of krishna they will not like this but even such persons can become changed by repeated exposure to hari nam that we've seen many times in the western countries previously many people used to be against this hari nam not now mostly people are not much against it but it used to be we used to go out and then in the western countries and many people would shout bad things at us and then complain to the police police would come and arrest us it was a regular thing but we saw gradually people they kind of came to like it because that is the nature of hari kirtan that it has a purifying effect most in india i, I see really people are against it i remember once at calcutta book fair we were chanting and some communist bengalis are very much against shouting and trying to stop it like this but mostly people in india not against it but hari kirtan can immediately appeal to everybody even we find in chaitanya mahaprabhu's leela that the drunkards were joining in chaitanya they were also appreciating chaitanya mahaprabhu's kirtan but in chaitanya mahaprabhu's leela the mayavadi sanyasis they did not appreciate so vrindavan das thakur the author of sri chaitanya bhagavat says that the drunkards who were rejected from society they were better than the mayavadi sanyasis who were so much respected because they appreciated hari kirtan what is their appreciation drunken appreciation 
not a long way from actual bhakti. But somehow or other they thought, oh, it's very nice. Whereas the Mayavadis, no, this is wrong, this is bad, don't do this. So, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he also attracted the... He, he went and he... Because they, the Mayavadi sannyasis, they appreciate scriptural discussion. So on the basis of scriptural discussion, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed them that the actual mm, zenith of Vedic knowledge is to chant the holy names of Krishna. Hari, Rig Veda, Tayajur Veda, Sama Veda, Piyataravanaha, Adhitas, Tena, Yeno, Tam, Harir, Ityakshara, Dvayam. That one who chants these two syllables, Ha, Ri, it's understood that he studied all the Rig, Yajur, Sama, and the Tarva Vedas. It's everything's there. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu proved this. Then they also became attracted. But the Hari Kirtan process, everyone can come join, chant, dance. Who will not want to chant and dance? Very attractive process. The chant and dance, then we should hear, we say chant Hare Krishna be happy. Okay, wonderful, great. But then we should sit down and hear how we can actually be happy. Because as long as we are thinking, I shall enjoy my senses, we cannot actually chant Hare Krishna. Actual chanting of Hare Krishna means chanting for Krishna's pleasure. So in the beginning there is some sensual attraction for chanting the holy names. But even that, that is not devoid of the mercy of Krishna. Krishna is so merciful that even one who takes to the chanting of Hare Krishna for some, out of some sensual motive, then Krishna gives some mercy. But one should hear from devotees that we are meant for the pleasure of Krishna. If one goes on with Hari Kirtan thinking how I shall enjoy my senses, then one becomes an offender to Krishna. If in the beginning one is attracted like that, that's alright. But then if one goes on and makes a profession out of chanting the holy names for sense enjoyment, then he becomes an offender to Krishna. So one should hear and become purified and understand this is another kind of kirtan, Hari Kata Kirtan. Understanding that chanting Hare Krishna means to accept my position as the servant of Krishna and act for His pleasure, do everything for His pleasure. Chanting and dancing, that is very pleasurable, but we should understand that the pleasure comes from chanting for Krishna's pleasure. That is the actual pleasure of Krishna. As long as we are thinking, I shall enjoy, then we cannot actually enter into the Kirtan Ras. That's why we, there are so many cassettes of popular singers who by the grace of God have got a very good voice and they sing the bhajans in a very 
melodious manner, and people say this is very nice. But these are not; these not they're not bhaktas. They're prostitutes. You pay them, they'll do. You you tell them you come and chant Hare Krishna, they'll sing Hare Krishna. You tell them you you come and sing Sai Bhajan, we'll pay you. They'll sing. They don't care. For them, it's money. They're not chanting Hare Krishna. How will satisfy Krishna? They're chanting Hare Krishna. Well, how much are you going to pay me? Uh, this much. No, it's not. I'll pay more. Then they say, you know, think, well, shall I do it or not? Is it enough money? What do you think? Is that enough to pay for the uh, the payment on the car? Uh, okay, all right, I'll chant Hare Krishna. But give us some more. They'll, they'll bargain. It's a contract. They're not doing it for love of Krishna. But they sing like that. As if they're... As, it sounds as if they're full of bhakti, but they're full of material desire. And people who are full of material desire, they like to hear, oh, it's very nice, this bhakti. But this kind of so-called kirtan will never get bhakti, even in millions of years. You have to... Kirtan chanting should be heard from the lips of a pure devotee. Listen to Prabhupada chant. Now you may say, well, that's not very sweet or melodious. That is the chanting of a pure devotee of Krishna. When Prabhupada is chanting, Krishna is fully present. By Prabhupada's chanting, the whole world is chanting Hare Krishna. And these so-called sweet bhajan singers then others may uh, imitate just out of the melody because they think it's something I like to hear but that's as far as it goes and they'll sing anything if you're thinking the melody is nice then you can sing anything they'll bring they'll listen to some bhajan and then the cinema song and whatever it's all the same it's for my pleasure how I shall enjoy it we want to make Krishna our household servant. Krishna is not our household servant. So what does it mean to be the servant of Krishna? That we have to learn from the pure devotees. So in the beginning, you may say, all right, come. You, you come, be happy. You will get peace. And actually it's a fact. People, when they take to Krishna consciousness, then they feel some relief from the anxiety of material existence. But actual bhakti doesn't mean how I shall get peace. You go to some swami and he teaches you some breathing techniques by which you can relax and then you feel some inner peace. So yes, this, and we think this is religion. It's not religion. It's got nothing to do with religion. Doing some meditation so that you can get some relaxation from the anxiety of your material life. This is this is nothing to do with religion. That's all. It's just another form of sense gratification. That's all. That I'm working so hard for sense gratification, and I get full of anxiety. So I do some medit so-called meditation to relax, and then then I feel more peaceful. That's and that's my sense gratification. So bhakti means Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Bhakti Ruchati to act for the pleasure of Krishna. But if we say this to the hedonistic people, those who are interested only in their sense and joy, who will come? So we present, it is good for you. We have, the, the sign is out there. What is that? 
key to victory. Read Bhagavad Gita as it is. What else is there? For success, I saw the sign as we were coming. Read Bhagavad Gita as it is. For successful life, people think success. That means I will get a lot of money. I will become rich. I will become. I will have a high position. People, people think this is success. Actually, it's true. If you read Bhagavad Gita, your life will be successful. So people read that. Oh, success. But when they read success, they process it in their perverted thought process in one way. We say be successful. It's true, you'll be successful means you'll give up all these stupid ideas of becoming a success in the material world and understand that the actual success of my life is to surrender to Krishna. But if we say that, who will come? Is it be successful? Oh, okay, then, yeah, okay. I read Bhagavad Gita, then I'll become successful, and I'll be number one, and everyone will praise me. It's a demoniac way of thinking. So, saying like that, but the idea is you should take this book and then understand what does it mean actually to be a success. Success means to, to get free of all these rascal ideas that we're being trained in throughout life. Our loving parents, our teachers, the te- they're all teaching us how to go to hell. So we should learn from Bhagavad Gita as it is, what it means to surrender to Krishna. So maybe I don't know. This is too much for all of you. <coughs> we should have just told you, chant Hare Krishna and be happy. <laughs> But we should understand what it actually means. So if you want actual happiness, then please chant Hare Krishna. If you want to be cheated, then don't come here. This is not this place not meant for cheating. There are so many cheaters there. So many cheaters in the name of Bhagavan, or not even in the name of Bhagavan, some of them call themselves Bhagavan. But Bhagavad Gita as it is, is not meant for cheating. Krishna did not speak to Arjuna to cheat him. You can say Prabhupada cheated. In one way you can say, you come here, you chant, you take prasad. But not really cheating because he wanted to give people the actual knowledge. But he brought them in at one level and brought them up to the highest level. So in our preaching of Krishna consciousness also, we should, those who are preachers of Krishna consciousness, they shouldn't think that preaching means simply to tell people, chant Hare Krishna and be happy. Alright, that's true, but you have to explain how to be happy. And to explain this philosophy of Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is not meant for making some arrangement so that we can be happy in this material world, which is also possible to do through a religious institution. Most of the religious institutions in this world, they're fully dedicated to the material happiness of its members. Especially the leaders, because people think you come to the guru or the priest and he gives you a blessing and then you, your material life progresses by the blessing and you give him some donation. So definitely all the, you can expect that all the worst class of people will become religious leaders. Because it's the easiest way to cheat people. All you have to do is pretend to be pious. And people come and they, they respect you like anything. And they give you money. 
and you don't have to do anything. So you can expect all the all the worst cheaters. They'll come. So we have to be careful. If we don't want to be, the problem is most people want to be cheated. They want someone we they want someone will give us materialistic blessings. We're not serious. But at least those who are followers of Srila Prabhupada, followers of Vyasati, then they should know that Dharmasya hi apavargyasya. Religion is not meant for sense gratification. Religion is meant for getting out of this material world and going to Krishna. Which means how to act for Krishna's pleasure. And if we do so, we shall become fully ecstatic in love of Krishna. And as long as we're not thinking how to satisfy Krishna, we shall always remain dissatisfied. But if we're thinking, I shall serve Krishna, so I shall become happy. As long as we're thinking like this, it doesn't work. We have to become so much absorbed that we don't even think of our own happiness. This is the actual goal. It's a very high goal. So we may go gradually, but we should know what the goal is. We shouldn't get stuck at some point. Otherwise, it's very easy to propagate some mixed up thing. People like you feed the poor, build hospitals, and stick a picture of Krishna, and then we'll call it Krishna Bhakti. But we have to see what it is everything. It's not that you just stick a picture of Krishna on top and it all becomes Bhakti. We have to see exactly what Krishna wants us to do and act in that way, that is bhakti. Not what we have our own idea and then we do it in the name of Krishna. That's not bhakti. People like, if you do some mundane welfare work, you'll say, oh, this is wonderful. You stick Krishna on the top and call it bhakti. No. Even this idea of prasad distribution, we're feeding the school children so they can get better degree. What do we care they get better degree? They're all going to school, they're all teaching them how to go to health, social studies. We eat meat, we eat fish, we eat eggs. So, if we promote that we're feeding these school children, you'll say, oh, that's very good. If we promote, if we tell people we, we only want to give these people prasad so they can get spiritual benefit, then people are not interested. But if we tell we're feeding the poor so that they can become, we can build up India as a power, as a superpower, then people think, oh, that's very good. Totally mundane outlook. India become a superpower and in the meantime you'll become dead and you'll get born in Pakistan and then you'll get an Indian Indian bomb dropped on your head from the superpower. People are foolish. So we have to be careful with this appealing to appealing to the foolishness of fools, we have to be very careful that we don't ourselves become foolish. The problem is, with ta- if we're talking nonsense, we may think, well, we'll, we'll appeal to the foolishness of fools. 
We say, you give a donation to feed the school children. But then we also start thinking, yes, yes, we have to feed the school children. And then our own consciousness becomes mundane. So take these books, read these books. You want to know what Prabhupada came to give us? Well, this is what he came to give us. He came to give us Bhagavad Gita as it is. He just came at the right time. Bhagavad Gita Yata Tatam Yata Rup. So you can you want to know what is the truth? Who dares? Who dares to be like Arjuna? Take this book and you can see what Krishna said to Arjuna. Don't take Bhagavad Gita with all interpretations of rascals. You take Bhagavad Gita as it is, then you can understand. So many people are misinterpreting Bhagavad Gita. You can understand what Krishna is saying to Arjuna, you read this. If you're prepared, you follow Arjuna. If not, then you then you just have to go to hell, that's all. Because that's where everyone's going. Especially in this modern age. So chant Hare Krishna and be happy and read Bhagavad Gita as it is and follow Prabhupada and then you can actually be happy and go 